Welcome to a special edition of the podcast. And before we get too far into this one, I do want to expressly tell our audience that this episode is not a traditional episode and does feature comments that are not to harm anyone or offend anyone. This is strictly an opinion-based discussion that is based around factual information and uh, other people's opinions and whatever uh, whatever else you can use to put into your opinion. And what we're talking about here is that there was a school board that I, I don't want to pinpoint anything or draw attention to anything, but at a school board meeting, they did approve a mask mandate in the state of Iowa for K through six and also for all staff in the district. It, it was uh, heavily opposed in the public comment section to implement such a mandate of anybody regarding wearing masks during the school day. But there were reasons why the mandate did go into effect and it go into effect likely when this episode is released and the biggest reason why they chose to implement a mandate was for legal liability reasons it was so that there wouldn't be lawsuits against the district it was that was really the utmost um, that was the utmost concern is that there would be lawsuits coming from the lawsuit that overturned the ban on mandates, the ban that was issued by the Iowa legislature in May and had stood until, uh, what happened just about a week ago and when it was overturned and there's a lot that got went into it, and it will likely be challenged. I mean, it will be challenged again, but chances are that it would be overturned again, and the, the legal battle will continue. And I don't know where the future holds, but it's frustrating for those who made comments at the meeting. And then I want to be clear that there was there was a public comments for about the first 70 minutes of the meeting. Then there was about an hour of other content. It wasn't related to this. And many people left after the public comment section. And then the actual decision was made around three hours after the meeting commenced. And... That's really what what has to be taken into account is that from the first person who talked to the decision being made, it was more than three hours of time had elapsed. And that is a concerning thing when the public comment is supposed to be 
It is supposed to be taken into account. It is supposed to be thought about as um, as something that matters towards... It's sort of supposed to be input to the decision. This decision is not at all based on what the community wanted. It's not based on what anybody else in... It's not based on the surrounding residents. It's the survey they sent out and the and the public comment that was held in the in the beginning of the meeting. It seemed to to fill very little purpose. I believe there was some some pushback that did occur, and I I believe this is this is why they didn't uh, implement it f- for the district wide, and that they only did it for those who had no access to a vaccination. But that is where we'll leave it for now. We'll be back and we'll have more discussion surrounding this this uh, tough topic that has caused a lot of tension in the moment. And, I mean, with school board elections coming up in about in November, I believe, that there will be major implications there uh, surrounding both of these sides and and I think that uh, this will become a very political battle as we head into the late fall or as we head into fall and eventually into mid-fall and late fall that this is a political battle that will be challenged and will be it, I mean it will be a political battle and and that's about about all I can say. And we'll take a break, and we'll be back. Welcome back. And we've got time to get to, but let's start with let's start with the ruling, and let's work backwards uh, to really how that got to do it. But so basically, all all uh, staff must wear a mask during hours of attendance, which is basically nine to nine to four, essentially. And all students K through six as well. But uh, what what was your reaction when you uh, first, first heard that? Uh, I think it's great that we're getting back into the mass thing. It's a, Personally, I think it's more safe because of unvaccinated people are uh, potentially not going to either get or spread the virus as much as non-mask wearers. All right. So what would you say to people that do not, that are in the category uh, let's just say staff. Let's just say there's staff who are at a school where masks are not required among students. What would you say to them that they do not want to wear a mask, but uh, the rule would go against what they would want to do? So saying that they don't want to wear a mask, but there's a rule now they have to? Yes. What would you say to those people, those, those um, individuals? It's better to be safe than sorry, I guess. Uh, it's like it's going out to like all the anti-vaxxers and non-maskers too that 
they believe that this disease is not that serious, which it is kind of. Um, if you protect yourself, you're less likely going to, you know, not end up in a hospital and be in hot water. So, it would be, I think it's illegal for teachers to strike in the state of Iowa. But what, if these, these teachers refuse to comply, what, what should the action be of, of a district or a, a governing body? Um, that'd be kind of difficult because they can't necessarily fire the teacher for that because it's their own beliefs, but they're also a role model towards the students because uh, the students at a young age, they're still growing. They want to look for this role model. It's going to school. Teachers are the role model. And if they set a bad example, I think they should be able to get quote unquote removed from teaching for a little bit until they comply since they want to teach the kids the right thing to do, which is to be safe and all. All right. So <clears throat> I, I was there. I was there at the meeting. Do you have any questions about really any of the what took place there? Do you have any questions of what took place during the meeting? Uh, let's start with the 7 through 12 people. What are they going to do? For so four grades seven through 12, which is two different buildings. There's a seven through nine building and a 10 through 12 building. And both of those buildings will be treated as separate entities. They will not be, um, just because one, if they do require masks at one, they would not necessarily do it at both. So that's, I'm just saying that they're separate in, but if there were to be 2% of the students, which let's just say there's 1500 students, 2% would be about 30, 30, three, zero. So if there were 30 students who tested positive, that data would, would, uh, that metric would be re, uh, that metric would, that metric would be satisfied. The other metric would be, 8% of students being ill do, or uh, it's out due to illness, which would be about 150 in a 1500 scenario. I don't know the, the exact numbers and I don't know exactly. We're not going to go down to the exact number of people because, and this is on an average five day basis. So say that there's 10% one day, but then another day there's like 5%. The average of those two days would be seven and a half percent. So it would be a five-day average for both metrics. And if those were to be met, now prior to the meeting, it was that they may go to a 10-day mask mandate. Now it will be uh, when that happens, they will do that. So do you have any other questions? Do, uh, is, that, is that clear? I'd like to add on, it's like, haven't let's yeah we have 1500 students in our well in our school alone we might have 1300 students at least uh so if you take do the math so it's eight percent i believe is what you said which if there are 1500 that would be 150 
That's, or eight, uh, no, it would be it would be 120 or something. I, I... 100-ish people. That's a lot of... Think about it. I know that's a lot of people going to that school, but 100 of them being out for a sickness? That's it's 100, a 120. That, and, it's a, and I think that that does happen at times in the year. I think that that does happen, um, especially when you get to... Well, like, a, like November when, and February. I don't I don't see a hundred kids going out. Like you think that's like not a lot, but at the mean in the meantime, it's a lot of people. Like on a classroom it's, level, it's only maybe eight percent like one in like you might see two or three kids in a class gone. That's not too concerning, but when that's every single class in the day. Yeah, every single that, classroom. But, and then you might see classrooms where, but the thing is, is that that does happen. And we did see that one year ago in November, it did not happen early in the year. Currently it's at like 4% or something. Uh, that's what it was last week. But of course, um, why would you skip, why would you skip last week of his homecoming? I, I mean, I mean, you'd want to be there. There would be no reason for anyone to be calling in sick on the easiest week of the year. <laughs> You know, there's always those kids that would that would uh, be home and their parents would call and saying they're sick. And that's, yeah. you know, that, that always happens. And it's unfortunate that that happens as common as it does in 2021. But all right. Do you have any other questions that I can a- answer of how this meeting went and like the format or anything like that? Uh, so. Uh, I was going to ask, like how long did they expect to do this? And I heard it's like if the uh, kids five and over are eligible for the vaccine. So, so we're, you're talking about both the teacher, the mandates being lifted due to, or for those reasons. Yes. So what they discussed was a certain time after they were vaccine eligible, which other districts have said 60 days, but I think it would be sort of jumping the gun to put a number out there. They said that maybe they are very available and they would get in them in the vaccines would be offered in the school. Maybe you could shorten that down to 45 days after, and maybe they are at high demand across the country and you can't get them. So maybe you have to push that out to 75, 90 or or whatever it takes. I don't know exactly, but you don't, I think it would be reconsidered when that does get approved. But in my opinion, there would be a ruling on the governor's or the governor's, not the governor. It's not, does have, doesn't have anything to do with the governor. It has to do with the state law that was overturned. There would be a ruling on that prior to five through 11 being uh approved or at least eua approved with parental consent and if you don't know what that means the currently the pfizer vaccine is approved fully approved for 16 plus but it is not approved uh fully for 12 through 16 12 through 15 or whatever that requires an emergency use authorization signature it also requires a parental consent for those students or students or, or kids as well. Um, 
but that is, that is something to keep in mind that it would require those things to be taken care of. And, and I know <laughs> that, that, uh, things would happen. All right. But, uh, what was I saying? Yes, it would be about, it'd be a certain time period, probably between 45 and 90 days following the approval of a, a five through 11 vaccine availability within the area. All right. Do you have any other questions about, I don't, I don't have any more questions regarding the whole meeting. All right. I'm just going to say that it was a long time. It was a lengthy process and really what they got into. And so what was said in the final hour, the hour that really mattered, the hour that counted was they said that, that uh, it would be, it'd be hard to, so they, Initial proposal had pre-K ECC and wraparound included in the mandate. But what they did was they said, well, it would be too hard for them to uh, make those kids wear a mask for those, those extended period of time, especially those, those three and four year olds that are there for the full seven, eight hours. And they took those off because in the court ruling, it is, specifically for compulsive, I don't know how to say that, compulsory attendance where students are required to be there. Students do not have to be at preschool. Preschool is optional. Uh, ECC is optional. Wraparound is optional. However, kindergarten, first grade, those are, those are required attendance days, whether it be homeschool online, but, or whatever form of education, but you have to be at class for those grades. And that is what was take, what is what they did. But so there are situations and there's someone that pointed this out in that it is really that there would be kids who would be in alternative kindergarten, AKA, which is what you can do. If you don't think your kids are ready for kindergarten, you can send them to AK. So, it's a half day sort of class. They would be required to wear a mask during AK, but then they could go to wrap around in the afternoon and it would be optional for them there. So do you think that it is a mistake of the district to do that, to make it, to make it optional for the optional school, but required for the required school? What do you think about that? It's very contradictual. Con- uh- you know what I mean? Uh, because they require it for the morning, but not for the evening, which is like, well, you have to pick a side here. It's either you don't require it at all or you require it fully. And also making them wear it for lengthy periods of time. I don't know what they did last year because I wasn't in that whole pre-K ECC area. But I think it's just going to be the same as last year where everybody wore masks on the district and it wasn't that bad, I guess. So I assume what that they did require them to an extent. I don't know. I don't know about three-year-olds. I, I don't think they required them for three-year-olds just because that's sort of, but I, maybe they did for four-year-olds. I'm not sure, but just because I don't think that the CDC was recommending three-year-olds wear masks or something back then. Um, so I don't know. And especially in, in those classrooms, 
they are smaller classrooms, likely like 16 kids rather than 25 kids. So, um, and they're, they're not interacting with other kids either. They're sort of secluded. And that's important when you consider that. Um, but what I would say is that it was reading too far into the lawsuit. I feel like it wasn't a scientific conversation what took place. It was more of, are we giving the kids that would sue us? So are the families going to sue us? Is that That's really what it became. It wasn't truly about the scientific discussion that took place between the uh, members of the public who spoke in the beginning. There were a lot of people who were on both sides. There were about, let's just say, eight people that said we need to implement a mandate. And I assume that they meant a mandate for everybody. And then there were, I don't know, maybe a few more. There were, were probably four more that said that they shouldn't. And it seemed that there was very little that was paid attention to, to either side. And the, the board kind of just stuck with this lawsuit. So what, what do you, do you have any other comments that, that should be stated and, and pointed out uh, regarding uh, what was, what decision was made? Well, the decision either way, it's a lose, lose situation. You're going to have angry people on both sides, which uh, they have to look at the scientific evidence on mess, which it's proven that it works. So there could be like weird lawsuits, like saying like, oh, it violates my kids' rights because they don't have to wear a mask. But uh, if it was proven effective, then yeah. So, do would you? So, I'm just going to get into this. If they were to um, mandate them district wide, would that sort of de- give students a decentivization to get the vaccine? Would it make the vac like? Do you get what I'm saying? Is that the one reason why they wouldn't for the upper grades is so that people would still have faith in the vaccine that it would be a because i think there was a comment made by one of the members of the board that the if you mandate masks across four grades that are eligible for the vaccine you're sort of um dismissing the vaccine what do you think about that it's not really dismissing the vaccine it's just protecting yourself when you don't getting it it has the incentive of oh we don't have to wear masks for that long since if saying we will have a less risk of getting sicker you know so i know i know that it's it's terrible to make a prediction of what's going to happen but do you believe now that the weather will get colder? There's no doubt about that. That there has been very warm weather so far in the year. 
now that the weather's, weather's going to get colder, what will happen with the students who are absent due to illness? Let's start with that. Let's not worry about the COVID. Will there be more people sick in the month of October than August and September? Well, yeah, because of all the, you know, seasonal uh, seasonal flus that go around. So, yeah, I would say so. So what, what would you consider as the cutoff for someone who is healthy enough to go to school and someone who is sick and should stay home? What sort of symptoms or severity of symptoms would you say that students should stay home and not come to school? Um, if you physically cannot come, i.e. like you're throwing up and all that, you know, I don't know what sicknesses that are spread around these days that's like non-covid related but like you're barfing you're have like a migraine or something if you are distracted by your illness i guess then like if you have like a runny nose you can fix that easily with kleenexes you have a cough just cough in your arm and and and, and drink some water yeah like, that isn't going to, like, bed rest you, but, like, a stomach flu that you have to go to the bathroom constantly, which would distract other people, fine. You can stay home, you know? It's always an interesting conversation. This will be an ongoing conversation, and it is my belief that there will be a an election for board, for three board members in about a month and a half's time in early November, what, what should um, really the board members be doing now and then for should, should the board members focus on their job or do they really have a choice? Do they need to really pick a side here and, and try to get votes or whatever? I don't, I don't know if that's, really appropriate to say but do the do the board members need to try to make the public happy if they want to get reelected i think it's not making the public happy it's just doing the right thing um because again you can't please everyone um it's it's impossible you it's never going to happen that you can make the perfect decision it'll so if you do the right thing and some people won't like that, I guess that's that's how it has to be. And there will be a lot of people that agree with you. And then in the long run, it's like, oh, he made a great decision. You know? I would say that there isn't... So what would... So if the district went to a full mandate and then the cases went down... Would people, would there be an argument that it wasn't for the masks and that it was for a different reason? Or what if the ma the cases continued to go up uh, proportionately? And I think that it's important that we consider that there are some kids vaccinated mm -hmm. in grade 7 through 12. We should consider that. But if the if the cases are proportionate between should we 
take advantage of the differing approaches between the two sets of grade levels and see the proportionality to see if the masks are working. Is that something that we should definitely pay attention to the data? I think the data matters. Yeah, you should pay attention to that. If it doesn't work, I mean, there might be an outside source. But if it goes down because of that, then that's a a perfect result you want to say. And how long would be probably a good amount of time? I'd say about a month, maybe a month and a half. Give, yeah, give it like a month or two, see what happens from there. Granted, there might not be a lot of cases i don't know i really hope there's not a lot of cases but you, you want um, no, you want like close to none to begin with but you want to see if that number is, is stable and uh not exponentially growing so halloween is currently set for sunday the 31st of october many people blamed the outbreak last year which caused the district to go to virtual learning on halloween um do you think that that repeats itself or do you think that the earlier outbreak this year sort of um diminishes that to an extent and maybe pushes another outbreak to a later date more around thanksgiving or christmas i don't think halloween caused an outbreak it's just so what would you say about last year? How did, why, so there was a mask mandate in place last year. Yes, no, for and, the whole year. And we're, we're specifically talking about late October, early November, that the cases um, were, were very high. A lot of contact tracing took place. And there were still, there were like 8% or higher absent due to illness. What caused that? Even though there was a mask mandate, does... Was this a very different time of the year, or what, what What happened there? Well, you don't know what goes on beyond the school walls. Some could happen, and something could happen inside the school walls that uh, they're being unsafe. And something happened between middle of November that it just skyrocketed for some reason. And this was in the county itself, so it might not have been school people. But to take extra precaution, they said we're going all virtual learning. So I don't know what happened, to be honest. But and we no do matter. have to 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 uh, you know we do have to point out that much of the district was in in uh, hybrid learning, and it wasn't. It was a situation where the the people absent were basically it was proportional. I would say it wasn't. I will. I think it's important that uh, I pull up the the actual data, the data, and it's important to know that really what goes on. Um, and the data. Let's see. Do, do they have data for today? That's what I want to know. Today would be the twenty first. Currently, here is what the current absenteeism rates due to illness across the schools preschool fourth grade it's currently 3.2 percent today fifth to sixth grade 3.8 percent seventh to ninth grade 3.5 percent and 10 through 12 is 3.4 percent with an average of 3.4 percent across the district 
last week was I'd say like it averaged to around uh three and a three point seven five percent. So this week is doing better than the last week's average so far as as of Monday. So, but much of that is due to um, uh, fifth and sixth grade is much much lower than it was last week so far, and I mean that's a good sign. That's a really good sign that that uh that the first day of the week is many people are at school. Last week it was four percent district wide, and and the this week it was three point four percent on on the first day of school for the week. But uh, the 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 highest total was five percent for the year. It was uh, September seventh, where seven point four percent of seventh through ninth graders were absent due to illness. So it seems as there was a something that happened there early. That was well, that was the day after Labor Day. So uh, I don't know. There was a little little bit of stuff going around back then, I do recall. So, given today's data, what does that show you? Does that show you anything? Does that show you uh, like it's 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 a lot more people are sick than the first week and the second week, but it is it is lower than last week. Well, that's a good sign that it's going down is that's the way we want to go. We want to keep continuing to go down there. All right. Well, I think that will wrap up this seg, this portion here. Um, and, of course, this discussion is never-ending. There's always going to be data. But what the district did say is that it will prioritize the data that is within the district, that it will not be susceptible to any sort of politics that are involved in other data. It does not want to give favoritism to certain data over other data. Um, and we'll, we shall see what happens. And in a month's time, things could be different. Things could be different uh, that, that, you know, there could be approval for vaccines between the ages of five and 11 that could happen uh, by the month's end or by, by a month from now, I should say by Halloween. Um, but also could, could be a detriment with uh, cases going up and we shall see where we're at, but it's always good to see that kids are at school today. And, and it, I mean, I feel like, from what I saw, things were a little better than they were a week ago. All right. That'll do it. Peace on out. All right. That was a great interview that we conducted right there. And before we go, I want to say that I support everyone who chooses to wear a mask. And I support everyone who thinks that they want to not wear a mask and and be make their own choice and do that and i think that it should in my opinion i think that it should be the choice given to the families and the parents and the kids 
But does my opinion matter in the end? It does not. I want to to let you know that if there's ever a concern that you have, you should always communicate your opinion. You should always make your opinion public. And if people choose to judge you in a certain way based on what you say, then they really shouldn't be affiliated with you too closely. If they're going to make their decision about you based on one thing I heard about, there's always people talking about not being friends with people because they wouldn't get the vaccine, because they wouldn't um, vote a certain way or something. And that's just, those are just mean people. Those are people that that are exclusive. They think that they are somehow in a higher class than everyone else and that there's been a lot of hypocrisy throughout this this journey and I really hope that that the real winners out of this are these students who have suffered a ton and quite frankly I think the students are going to continue to lose because all of this had already been taken away they'd already been out of school for so long and and now they're caught up in this political battle between the side of we want the mandate, we want the the freedom. That this is now a political battle that is over these elementary aged kids that are aged 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, maybe even 12, I don't even know. But these kids... They are at the they are basically treated like pawns in this situation. They don't have a choice. They sort of I mean, technically it's their parents' choice of whether they wear a mask. They never had a choice and and people would argue, well, they don't have they don't really they aren't informed about really the decision. And well, maybe that's true, but these kids, they're going to grow up and they're going to just, I hope that they do not, but they're going to think that complying is just a, th- a thing that you do. And I think that compliance has become too, too much. And I think that that resistance is important in certain situations. And I'm not saying that people should resist. But what I am saying is that if there's never resistance in any situation that the people on top will continue to make their own decision as a dictator or as a whatever you want to call it but it needs there needs to be enough resistance that the power is still in the hands of the people and that's what i want to see i want to see a democracy where people get the decision. And what what I think is that there should be something on the ballot regarding um, what the parents think. I don't know if it I don't know exactly how that stuff works, but a survey question of some sort of what do they think? Because public input is important. I know it they may not know all the laws. They may not know everything. But they do have decisions that they can make for themselves. And I think that if you, that if 99% of the people 
said that they that they wanted to I don't know go to go to farm B for a field trip and then 1% said they wanted to go to farm A for a field trip the district said oh well we want to go to farm B or I don't even know what I said but but if the district didn't didn't want to follow the 99% then they look pretty stupid now, I'm not saying that there's there's any support of of that uh that magnitude if there was then this really wouldn't be a conversation and the thing is is that it's a very split split audience and there will be people mad no matter whatever happens whatever happens there will always be people who are frustrated and and it, it's sad that we have to always deal with this and it's even more sad that these children are suffering because of decisions made by by people that this very much could get get overturned again and the power is once again uh taken away and given to the parents of in their own choice but it will be a very interesting uh thing that goes goes through and we shall see uh, what happens and I mean this is interesting and and I think that this is a time where there can be very I don't know what I'm saying but here but there this is a time for aspiring news reporters and aspiring story makers to cover these sort of things and and provide in-depth access to to what's going on and and I I, I want to say this before it before we get off the air here that KCRG is fake. It was, I mean, I don't want to say that in that way, but they were, they reported a fake story that, that the district did not make a decision when in fact they did. They were lazily reporting this. They were, they showed up late. They left early. They did not treat this seriously. And I think that that's, that is really what needs to be pointed out is that the news media, they didn't care what happened. They wanted it to be convenient surrounding their newscasts. And this is what happens a lot of times when we're talking about Friday night football is that the people only, you only have footage of like the first half. And, and I know that it's important that, uh, there's a lot of people that are short staffed in 2021 and that's, that is sad. And, and, uh, it's, it's a part of this, this ripple effect of everything that's going on, but to send someone out there to try to get a story on this. They did interview someone. I saw them get pulled up, pulled aside. I don't know exactly who it was, but they seemed to be a little more vocal than the rest of rest of everybody else there, but they were pulled aside and and the news media, they there was one news source there. They checked in late, they left early. And I think it should be should be uh, pointed out that they were they really didn't care. They didn't care to report on the story. They didn't care to be accurate. They didn't care to to ask everyone's opinion. They were very selective on what what got on the air which is is understandable because they only get so much time for so for uh, so for whatever they want to cover because of attention spans and 
things of that nature. But I want to say, I don't think there will ever be a more important school board meeting in the history of the district. I don't, I, and I don't just, I hope, I really hope there's not. And I hope there's no crisis of this magnitude that ever happens ever again. Maybe there's another board meeting in a month that's even more of a, of a, of a magnitude and everyone has to be back again and back in those doors and we'll see what happens. And it's important to listen to the people, especially in this season where, uh, three, I think three board members are going to be up for election. It's going to be very interesting what happens and that you're going to have to pick a side and going to have to, to take a, a side on the issue and we'll see what happens. I mean, I hope for the best, and God bless y'all.